Um, we also wanted to reach out to Biki Caesar, Biki Caesar, because today is uh, the very first day of the the rollout, the second phase rollout of the vaccine. And so we wanted to see. We've been trying to track what's happening around the country. We obviously are getting little bits and pieces here and there. But Mia Milan is editor of uh, uh, editor in chief at Biki Caesar Health, and um, she was probably at the best uh, position to tell us what exactly is happening in the country. Mia, thank you for your time. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Pamela. Got the sense that we were off uh, on a very slow, slow start this morning. Many centres saying that uh, people are here, we haven't uh, received vaccines yet. What's the sense that you're getting on the ground? So if I look at around the country where reporters have reported, I do think that um, it was announced yesterday that we will start off slow and that one of the lessons that we've learned from the Sasonki study that ended on Saturday was that a phased-in approach works best. And the other announcement that we had was when it comes to people of 60 and older, we'll largely be starting off with old-age homes. And those people won't be going to sites. Um, teams will be going to those old-age homes. So in that respect, I think we did expect to start off relatively slowly, and we also did know that we only have a limited number of vaccines. Mm. But vaccines have been distributed to provinces. I think if we look at the challenges, the two main challenges I think we're experiencing is registration, there's yeah. very low registration, and the Western Cape um, Health Department's head Keith Kluter said today that if they look at which areas in the Western Cape have low registrations, it's always the poorer areas mm-hmm. because people don't have access to internet. Mm-hmm. So in that respect, I think we're going to have to scale up with sending more teams out to communities to help them to register, and I think the other really big challenge has been communication. It's been late and it's been scant. Mia, your assessment of, as we said, you know, um, being able to go onto the internet and register and also communication of which sites actually are, are where the vaccine will be rolled out. Most of government's communication at the moment has been online. Yes, it's been online on Zoom calls. They, I have not seen notices go out, you know, physically telling people where sites are. I think those would be coming, but just even just talking about the online communication. The first big announcement we had on how this vaccine rollout will work was last night at 8 o'clock yes. by the health minister and provincial representatives. The media had to wait until after 5 mm. to hear that there will actually be a briefing that creates anxiety and mistrust. Mm. And then when that briefing happened, there was contradictory things that provinces said. The one yeah. province would say they start with all-age homes yes. and the national health minister will say that. And then the next one says you can just turn up at a site. Mm. So it's very confusing information. And I think that we need to rectify. And if I just look at the media space, you know, at Big CISA, we created this graphic on how the vaccine rollout would work. And people really responded well, but not because we're so great, just because there's nothing else. You know, the health department hasn't provided one. And I really do think that we need communication like that from the health department. You know, at the beginning of COVID, they had social media cards that will tell people, where to get tested or how to get tested and how things work. And we've stopped seeing those things. And I think it's time for it again. 
Yeah, it's of a great concern. What we're also hearing today is that there were people, I mean, one I think called in on Stephen's show this morning saying that they got a notification at 11 at night to say that that particular elderly had to come in today between uh, 12 and 2, I think. And that was just way too late because, you know, to make provision for an elderly to move, you know, in, in, in that short space of time was impossible. And the family said that she just cannot go. It's far from where she lives. She's in a rural area um, in, in part of the country. Yes, that is correct because the health department sent out about just more than 7,000 SMSs yesterday mm-hmm. and they ended by 11 at night for health workers and just over 4,000 for people of 60 and above. And of course, that's too late to do it the day before the time. Mm-hmm. They did, however, get quite a few people who got SMSs turning up at sites today. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the health officials told me that by 8.30 they had already vaccinated seven people um, at site to receive those messages and obviously many more now. But you're absolutely correct. It is too late. What we do, however, know is that if you missed your appointment, yes. you can re-register on yeah. the EVDS or someone can help you. However, if you've missed three appointments, yes. you can't do it via the EVDS. Then you would have to call the COVID um, hotline or you will have to go to a site physically mm. to re-register. Mm. But yes, those are too late. I think it's because we've had late arrangements. There will be more SMSs that go out for tomorrow for appointments, yeah. and that will also be on short notice. Yeah. Hopefully, the time that people get warned about an appointment will increase. You know, they will be a bit, they will get to know longer before the appointment yeah. about the appointment. There is, I mean, this may be a very isolated case, but maybe you know better. Um, a case uh, unconfirmed, though, from our side, that a clinic, a Petervale clinic, has been robbed of vaccines. So that was apparently this weekend. Um, so that hampers their their progress. But the, the safety of vaccines, do we have we heard anything lately? About this? In terms of where they are kept safe, because this particular report says, you know, they, they came in and, and were, they were robbing uh, the Petervale Clinic yes. to try and get access to the actual vaccines. Do we know just, you know, where we are sitting with, with the security around vaccines? So last night, the health department said when the vaccines get transported, security is there throughout. And that when they get stored, they obviously it's the Pfizer vaccine that has to be stored at quite a low temperature. So they can only be stored at central points or clinics that actually have those facilities. Now, they did not announce very detailed um, details about what kind of security is provided. But what I can say is we actually did stories already in February about how um, vaccines will become hot commodities and be vulnerable to being stolen. If we look at vaccine crime around the world, there's two types of crime. The one is that you get false vaccines, counterfeit vaccines. The other one is theft. And all experts told us that the kind of crime that you likely to see in South Africa is theft and that there's already a history at clinics of medicines being stolen. So why would vaccines not get stolen if there's not sufficient security? So I'm not aware of the Peter Vale um, clinic Mm. report, but I can say that it's something that we're going to have to prepare for because it's such a hot commodity that people want Mm. and there's going to be a black market potentially for people who would be prepared to skip the queue and buy a vaccine. Yeah, unfortunately, that's exactly what's going to happen. There's a voice note. Uh, Mia, let's just take a voice note. Hi, it's Tana again from Clarence. 
I'm very concerned about the queues for the COVID vaccine for over 60s. My husband who saddles two practices, took him two months to get his COVID vaccine. He arrived on the due date to be told that there was no vaccine and he must come back again. And a month later, he managed to get it at the Declaving Hospital in Bethlehem. He stood outside, he went through five rooms, finally got it. No tea, nowhere really to sit and wait the 20 minutes. How are we going to get all these people vaccinated in the little clicks, um, uh, clinics and that sort of thing? I am very concerned. I think they need to give each GP in the country 100 vaccines a week and hope that they can get through the patients they know, they have their records. Let's get this thing off the ground and get people vaccinated. It doesn't help that they're sitting in storerooms waiting for the people to come and uh, have the vaccines. Please, South Africa, let's get this thing running. Bye. Hey, Pimelo. This mother again. I want to know about the registration of the vaccine. Uh, do we use that, or is for free? I want to know because some of us we are poor. We cannot afford that. We cannot afford that bundles. So I want to know how can we register? Why we don't have that? Well, some of us were unemployed. We are just hustling, you know. We are just running errands. Well, you know, yeah. Mia, my understanding is that all of this is zero rated. Am I right in saying that, Mia? Mia? Have we lost Mia? Mia um, Milan is editor-in-chief at Biki Caesar and we've been speaking about the rollout of the vaccine. We are now on the very first day of the, the second phase of this rollout and obviously it's really important to hear from you and we just wanted to touch base how are we doing uh, so far and and I am also in you know in agreement with you around the, the cues of being major major concerns and we were hearing this last week as well. I think Mia is back. Mia was just one of the questions that came through was around the cost of data and I was saying, am I right in my understanding that this is zero rated? It depends how you you register, whether you will pay for data or not. Okay. So there is one way to register, actually two. Okay. The one is um, you can, there's a USSD service where you can phone and then you don't need phone credit or data and register and you can use it on an analog phone. Yeah. But that, of course, doesn't mean that you would necessarily understand how to do it if you haven't been exposed to that sort of yes. service. Yes. So the other way is what provincial governments are doing at the moment. They go, they're sending teams out physically to communities, to churches, to shopping malls, to traditional leaders and go and help people to register. So they physically register these people on site for them. And I think that we're going to see a massive scale up 
of in the next month or so. And that's really the only two ways to register if you don't have data or if you don't have access to the internet. Okay. Mia, thanks. Uh, I, I promise you, I think we're going to be calling you very soon again because this rollout, I think, is going to need us to be in touch. But just before you, I let you go, the, the other voice note that came through was just concerns around the queues. And I saw this last week. Your comments? So last week we saw enormously long queues yeah. because we knew the Sasonki trial was going to end and they made a massive effort to get people there for the last few days. I don't think we've seen ridiculous queues today and partly because we haven't sent out many SMS appointment messages and because we, we're phasing it in. So I think inside of the vaccination centers, things are managed very well. I visited one myself, you know, at the Sasonki trial last week. I think it's the outside that is a valid point that we need to control more because I have definitely heard last week of people who waited for very, very long and also people skipping queues, you know, for mm. private health institutions coming in with block bookings mm. and going past. But I've also heard that lady saying that we shouldn't have vaccines stored, you know, not used. I don't think that is the case. I think these vaccines are being distributed and I don't think we can just dish them out to every health institution that wants them because it's not as simple as a nurse just putting the jab in your arm. We need trained pharmacists that know how to fill those injections with the jabs. The jabs don't arrive in the injection or in a little vial that you just take it out. Mm -hmm. It's multi-dose vials. Mm -hmm. So you get, for instance, Pfizer jabs arrive with six doses in a, in a vial. Mm -hmm. And it's not nurses who are allowed to take that out. It's pharmacists. We need to make sure that, it, that those injections that they fill up is kept at the right temperatures. Mm -hmm. So it's a complex thing. It isn't like you can just dish them out. Mm -hmm. um, otherwise, these vaccines wouldn't work. And I do think they are very strong efforts mm -hmm. to distribute them correctly. Mm -hmm. We'll speak again soon, Mia. Thanks for your time. I really appreciate it. Pleasure. Mia Milan is editor-in-chief at Becky Caesar Health. Um, she is uh, there. Uh, it's obviously a, a health publication, and so we'll obviously be t keeping in touch with her uh, quite regularly as we try and see how the vaccine rollout is, is really rolling out in this country, whether people are getting it, whether we are doing it in record time, as we have promised. All of that we'll t uh, keep an eye on uh, with uh, Mia from Becky Caesar.